Hey, um, hi, my name is Kara. I'm a compulsive overeater and a restrictor. Um, I do have experienced both ends of this disease, um, but I just wanted, you know, I'll follow the regular what it was like, what happened and what it's like now format. Um, I like to get the statistics kind of out of the way in the beginning. So I've been in program, <laughs> excuse me, about 10 and a half years. Um, I've released about, I mean, like ranging from, um, I think someone's unmuted. If you could please mute yourself. Um, I'm sorry. Anyways, I've released about 110 to 120 pounds, you know, give or take. And um, I've kept this off for about four years, I believe. I was trying to think about it, but I think that's about right. Um, and I have been abstinent a little over five years. So obviously there's a, you know, a, a difference between five years and, and um, being in, ten, in the program for 10 years. So um, relapse is part of my story, which I will touch on later. Um, so yeah, what it was like. Um, I grew up in a pretty just kind of unpredictable childhood. You know, I'm an only child. I grew up in an alcoholic home. Um, I had, you know, there was just a lot of conflict in our home. But there was a lot of balance of, you know, good things, too. Like, I can remember a lot of positive things from my childhood. So there was um, a balance. But I think, you know, I think that food really kind of saved me in a way, you know. And um, so I think if I think back, I probably started compulsively overeating or six, you know, I'd get up at like 6 a.m. before my parents were awake and I would make uh, this particular kind of food in the microwave that I knew how to make. Um, I also, you know, I, my mom was sort of my binge buddy. My mom and I would eat together. Um, you know, there was a joke that we never had anything that like, quote unquote, tasted good in the house, which meant junk food unless company was visiting. So like I was always looking forward to company coming. Um, you know, there was a lot of uh, and examples of, you know, compulsive overeating and then the compensatory behaviors to that. So, like, my mom was dieting a lot. You know, I found out later in life that my mom had been bulimic for 20 years. You know, there was just a lot of uh, body messages, food messages, stuff like that that was passed down. Um, even from a young age, you know, I was, I looked back at pictures, you know, and I went through stages where I was maybe a little stubby or things like that, but I was not really a very overweight child. But I remember in like third grade, which is I think like eight years old, and I have an eight-year-old girl right now, and um, you know, I remember becoming to becoming self-conscious about my body, you know, feeling badly that like someone else's butt in their class was smaller than mine. You know, I remember in late elementary school, I would stand with my best friend looking in the mirror to see if we had a thigh gap. You know, there was things like that um, that I did from a young age. Um, after I moved to California from Ohio, which is a very, <laughs> very big culture shock uh, was for me, I gained maybe 25-ish pounds and I started to become teased for my weight. You know, and I remember in like eighth grade, I would walk with my hands behind my back, like my hands, it's hard, I mean, I'm not in the room with you, I can't show you, but my hands clasped, clasped, excuse me, behind my back, because it was supposed to hide my butt, you know, and I did that 
for like, I think an entire year. Um, you know, I did go through a stage, um, in, uh, my teenage years where I would consider myself anorexic. Um, and there was a lot of restrictive behavior, a lot of rules around food, all this kind of stuff. Um, but for the purposes of this meeting, you know, like, I guess I can talk more about um, my eating at adulthood. You know, I mean, I felt like, like I said, I have both ends of this disease. So I was either like binge eating way too much or eating way too little. You know, um, I had these laxatives for many years. Um, I did a lot of pay and weigh programs. Um, and it was funny, you know, it was like I would lose, you know, X amount of weight. And then I'm like, okay. Now I can go back eating like I was before and like, you know, re it doesn't logically, it makes no sense. You know what I mean? Like I, of course I would gain the weight back, but I, it just didn't occur to me, you know? Um, and just, there was just so much insanity in the things that I was doing. You know, I, I always like to say this at some point in a podcast, I heard a speaker say, you know, step one is I'm powerless over food and my life has become unmanageable, right? But she said, I'm powerless over food and my life has become unbearable. And for me, that's really what it was like, you know, that I had tons of consequences of my compulsive over and under eating. You know, obviously physically I gained over 100 pounds. I had plantar fasciitis, which meant it hurt to walk. Um, you know, age 33, I was on blood pressure medication. I had bad acid reflux, aches and pains, problems with circulation, weak tooth enamel, which, you know, uh, was due to lots of things. But, um, you know, I remember walking to the mall, into the middle of the mall in my early 30s, and being pretty winded, you know, and wondering, you know, in 30 years, what is this going to be like for me? You know, um, I have a lot of emotional consequences. Um, I really feel like my emotional growth was greatly stunted. I did not know how to handle stuff in a um, healthy way. Um, I had much less sexual and emotional connectedness with my husband. I don't feel like, I mean, I, I took care of my baby. I had a baby. I had one child before I came into program for about a year before I came into program. So I have an 11-year-old boy now too. And I don't feel like I was able to care for him properly. I mean, I, I, he was safe and fed and warm and all those things, but I did things like, this is not things I'm proud of, but I say this so you can see the depth that the disease took me to. You know, I um, would always, the goal was always to procure whatever food I was going to binge on before he took a nap because then I could like, you know, it was just me and the TV and nobody could get in my way, you know, and this was just this baby. So obviously he got in my way a lot of between me and the food and I left him at home, you know, I left him at home sleeping and I drove like a crazy person to go get food because, um, because I just, I had to, I had to have the food, you know, um, I ate from the trash. I, uh, what did I do? I would eat to the point of being in pain. You know, my stomach was so distended that I felt like all I could do was, like, roll over onto the couch and just, like, wait to be able to, like, move again. I mean, all these things were really awful. You know, um, the disease, I really feel like, was very ugly for me. Um, so, yeah, what happened? I came into program uh, in 2010, but then left 
And about, like I said, about 10 and a half years ago, after moving up to Oregon, I gained probably 60 to 70 pounds. And I was really desperate. You know, I just came into OA again, and I had, I had thrown away all my books. That I, and so I had to buy all my books again, you know, and um, all the literature. And um, my first abstinence, you know, I got abstinent a few months into joining OA, but it was not easy. You know, the way it looked like for me, I was doing the work, but I was still white knuckling. And so I'm, I would be incredibly irritable. And then I would just like end up sobbing. You know, I think I was very much experiencing big emotions fully, maybe for the first time in my life. Um, I was terrified of being hungry and uncomfortable, and that's something I've heard in the rooms before. I really felt like, I mean, obviously not rationally, but I, you know, I was I felt like I'm just going to die before my next meal or snack because I could not deal with being uncomfortable, you know, or being a little bit hungry. Um, let's see, I do like to talk about um, my relapse. So I relapsed, you know, like about five years ago. Um, I lost two sponsors in this program. One died of basically old age and complications, and the other one just got really sick, and um, we didn't see it coming, and she died, you know, and I just couldn't handle things. And uh, before the relapse, I had three years of abstinence, and I had released a significant amount of weight, but I put back on 40 pounds in relapse and I spent about a year, I think about a year in and out of relapse. I never left the rooms, but it was just awful. It was like, I at that point knew what I was doing to myself and I kept doing it, you know, and, um, and it just was awful. I mean, you know, OA, at least for me, ruined the binging, you know what I mean? Because, you know, again, I knew what I was doing and I felt so out of control and I just couldn't stop, you know, and this, also caused distance between my husband and I, because he now understood what it was, what I was like in, in abstinence and how much saner I was in abstinence, you know, and he knew what I was doing to my body and stuff like that. And it just made me, he objected, you know, and he wanted, I just wanted to do it more, you know? So, um, what's it like now? Um, I have worked the 12 steps, I think five or six times in this program, you know, I truly believe that the change and power is in the steps, <laughs> excuse me, um, and in connecting with my higher power. So um, I strongly work my OA program. I probably go to three OA meetings a week, and then I go to another relationship program meeting a week. Um, I am a sponsor. I am currently full, but, um, and I am sponsored. So I, I mean, people have probably heard this before, but I think that it's really important to stay involved, to be, you know, in the middle of the pack in the program. So like, you know, going to regular meetings so that people know when I'm not there, you know, and maybe reach out to me. And also sort of being in the middle of the sponsor sponsee sandwich. You know, it's like I'm in the middle, I'm in the middle. I'm sponsored and I sponsor. And both of those are very important. Um, all of these things keep me abstinent. Um, I also, I utilize outside therapy. Um, I do a morning prayer and meditation and a daily 10th step most, most nights. Um, 
And I think I kind of thought like, okay, I've done step nine and, you know, I've gone through all these different steps and I'm going to get the promises. And I have had the promises at, you know, different ones at different times, probably not all of them at the same time. But, you know, it's like I wanted a life beyond my wildest dreams, the way the big book says, you know, and I have one, but, you know, I wanted it my way, you know, Um, just like before I wanted to eat everything I wanted to and still be skinny, you know, and um, life still happens, right? You know, everything isn't perfect the way I wanted it to be. And that's okay because I can do hard things without picking up the food or without other behaviors. You know, Um, I have Lyme disease, you know, which means I have chronic pain and fatigue um, and I'm not eating over it. Um, I lost my sponsors. Well, I, I'm sorry, I lost my first sponsor and I did eat over it, but I lost my second sponsor and I didn't eat over it. I've had marital issues, you know, I haven't eaten over it. I'm dealing with, uh, you know, a, a preteen now who's got some attitude. I'm not eating over it. You know, it's like, uh, oh my gosh, my, my relatives, now my husband's entire family has moved up here and my parents live up here and we all live within a mile of each other. And it's, it's a lot, you know, and I'm not eating over it. You know, that's just happened within the last few months. And so, um, yeah, it's just, uh, there's so many things that I can do now that are hard. I mean, it doesn't mean they're not difficult, but I can get through all of these things without picking up, you know, and that's such a miracle for me. I really never thought that that was possible. I could not imagine not doing what I was doing every single day, you know. Um, and it has been, you know, I mentioned that I have uh, both restrictive or anorexic and compulsive overeating tendencies. That has been interesting. It's been um, as I got into my, um, as I got to a healthy body weight, you know, some of the restrictive stuff in my head, you know, their anorexic side of my disease started to get louder. And, you know, I've, I've picked up a bulimic meeting and I have a therapist, you know, for that. And so, but I'm okay. You know, it's like, um, it's, but it is, it's been interesting and challenging to learn how to navigate food, you know, when I'm not trying to lose weight anymore at this point. Um, but I do want to just sort of wrap up talking about the miracles that have happened in my life. Can I ask how many minutes I have left to whomever the timekeeper is? Okay. I'll just keep going. Um, So one of the miracles is generally I don't have cravings for food. You know, I am free from the obsession and the compulsion for food. I'm sorry. um, You have about five minutes. Oh, okay. Thank you very much. Um, so I was, I was just saying that, yeah, generally I'm free from the excuse me, obsession and compulsion for food, which is just, you know, I mean, my whole life was spent thinking about what am I going to get? When can I get rid of the people around me so I can eat it? You know, when, like I go out to, you know, I go out to dinner, when can I get second dinner? What am I going to get on the way home? I mean, 
what does my body look like on and on and on and on. You know what I mean? And it's just like, like there's so much room in my head now to like think about things, you know, to have a hobby, to enjoy, uh, you know, I'm, I'm present with the people around me, you know, um, I'm usually present when people are talking to me, you know, I'm paying attention. Um, my life is much bigger than it used to be. I have so much more support and I have lots of friends and people I can call now. Um, oh, excuse me. I'm willing to help others much more often than before. So I'm willing to sponsor. I'm willing to give service. You know, I'm a treasurer. I can help, you know, set up and take down shares when people call me. I pick up the phone if I can, or I call them back, you know, um, there's lots of ways to give service, just showing up at a meeting or in speaking, I'm speaking, you know, I give service. Um, I'm willing to, you know, I did not want to be put out before, you know, and I'm willing to give service, you know, because um, I do know that, I mean, this is a selfish reason, but I do know that if I don't give back, especially through sponsoring, I cannot keep this, you know, and I need to keep this. I continue to explore my relationship with and like my conception of God. That's a huge miracle for me. You know, it took a lot of courage that I didn't have until, you know, the last year or so. And I'm um, trying to sort of redefine God or in a higher power in a way that works for me. Um, And just, let's see, I really like um, ending with this. I have courage now. I have courage to say what I'm thinking, you know, in a kind way, because really I hate making amends. You know, I don't, but I, I can say what I'm thinking. I don't have to apologize for who I am. You know, um, I would never have done that before. I would never have spoken up before about things. It is very terrifying sometimes, honestly, for me. But um, I would never have the courage to live in this way if I was still in the food or in an active eating disorder. I like to mention, you know, I went um, on a big trip with my husband. You know, we hadn't taken a trip in a long time. We went to Belize in May of this year. You know, we floated through a cave in these tubes. I jumped off a big rock into the water in this cave. I didn't know exactly what was in that water, you know, and I don't like heights. But I did it, you know, I wore a bathing suit, I um, was able to be abstinent on this trip, I did all of these things. And I, you know, I don't want to be afraid of living anymore. You know, I don't want to wait until I'm the perfect size to live. I don't, you know, I I don't know. I just I don't want to be afraid. And like, one day at a time, you know, I continue to grow into a new person. And I truly believe while I'm, whether I'm currently practicing, you know, anorexia or restriction or compulsive overeating, that either one will kill me. Um, and I don't know if I have another relapse in me and I'm unwilling to take that chance. So um, that's it. That's what I've got. Thank you so much for letting me share.